0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 100. Fredo Esparza here. Yes, it's our 100th episode. I was, I don't know if I had anything planned out for this just because a lot has been going on over the past couple of weeks. I had a trip to Vegas not too long ago. Um, Really just been busy the past couple of days, weeks really. And there's been a lot going on in lucha Libre. And you know, Kurt was on Kurt was on a cruise for about a week or two, I think. So he I doubt he's watched anything. So and this really there's been a lot that's happened from Rayo de Jalisco passing away. Rayo de Jalisco Sr. I should I should say that because a lot of people were um same thing ha- that happened with Piratita Morgan when he passed away. When um when Rayo de Jalisco Sr. passed away, there were a lot of people who were like Sharing memories and it was like, No, you have the wrong Rayo de Jalisco um friend. Um, that's the wrong one. Um, Rayo de Jalisco Sr. was the one that passed away. And also um Picudo, El Picudo passed away recently, also. Um, one of the longtime triple A um, mid card guys who's who was around. Like if you watch Triple A from when it started all the way through 2012 or even later when um when he was part of the Inferno Rockers. You probably had a chance to see him. Um, Then there was a lot that's gone on with CMLL and AAA. Uh, We've had a couple of anniversary celebrations for Atlantis er earlier in the month of July. Then this past weekend, Nero Casa's 40th anniversary celebration happened. Um, A lot of independent talent appearing in CMLL, but also appearing in AAA. We've had guys come and go from the promotions Guys and gals, really, uh, with Zooksie's also kind of moving on as well. Not just from CMLL, but AAA, but also going to be in the Mae Young Classic. A lot has gone on. Um, so let's let's start off with CMLL because that's that's really where everything kind of... It's still very strange to watch the independent talent, especially Penta, Zero M, um, Ray Phoenix, King Phoenix, however you want to call him. L.A. Park, Hijo de L.A. Park, and Clan Chaos appearing on those shows. I could skip through the the Clan Chaos appearances because I think I skipped one of the matches. But they had one match. They had one match that was actually pretty good. I think it was the first one that they had with um, the girls, Laguneros. And then right after that, everything else that they've done has been really bad. They haven't been very good. I think Cibernético is probably the one that tries the hardest, but he's not good. And um, the Chris El Zorro is pretty much—he's not at the level of being in this on a CMLL show, or you know, really, he probably fits into the group. I, he might even be worse than um, Best the, the ring. Um, same thing with Charlie Rockstar. Well, they're all probably about the same. Just not very fun matches to watch. They're—they're—they're. They're, they're, I think they are bet—they're I think the Chris's best thing right now is that. He's doing his um, promotion, Chaos Lucha Libre in Monterey. I think that's really where he should be um, focusing more. Although I think, you know, making an appearance here and there in CML, you know, I kind of wonder if they would actually be okay, if they would be better off booking them like in one of the other non-Friday shows just because I don't think they're at the level of um, Alley Park or Penta as far, or Phoenix as far as drawing ability. Uh, But, you know, at c m l you know they they have guys that for whatever reason they although these guys at least have a name but there's they have no um they don't mind having these really bad workers anywhere on their cards which you know that's fine i mean there's some fans who you know they don't they're more casual than that so they don't really they don't really delve into the whole um whether someone's a good wrestler or a bad wrestler especially if you're on YouTube. If you ever see some of the comments, some of the people that they think are good wrestlers are really bad, and then there's some that are really good that they think are bad. So, you know, everybody has their own opinion on what's good or bad. The July 13th CMLL show was the show that featured the Atlantis 35th anniversary show. Uh, really, that was actually a lot weaker than the the, one, the Casas one. They didn't really stack it up. I, I kind of mentioned this on Twitter that I kind of felt that while they honored Atlantis, I kind of think because Atlantis still gets the big main event spot on anniversary shows, the CML anniversary shows, that I don't think they made as big a deal for him as they did with Nero Casas. Where Nero Casas, there was so much more... Um, there was It felt more like a celebration, whereas Atlantis was like, yeah, we're, we're doing another show we're honored. I think they might have already done one for Atlantis. Well, whenever they do Legends, it kind of feels like they're just adding Atlantis in that, so it doesn't make a big difference. Uh, but that show... Um, I think really the best match was really the the fourth match that had um, Dragon Lee, Mystico, Carístico versus um, actually there was two good good matches now that I th- remember um, the, the the that trios match with what I said Dragon Lee, Carístico, Mystico versus Barbaro, Carbonario, Negro Casas, and Gran Guer- Guerrero. But the main event also happened. Um, that's where the Russian El Terrible won the CML World Tag Team Titles from Volador Jr. and Valiente. I thought that was a pretty good match. The, the Atlantis anniversary match, Ultimo Guerrero was a machine in that match. Really, he was the one that was really doing everything in in it for for everyone. Atlantis teamed up with Octagon and Raleigh Jalisco Jr., and they really didn't do that much. And Ultimo Guerrero was really the one, the standout in this. I think that's also what you'd notice with um the Nero Casas anniversary show, where Nero Casas was far and away better than the rest of the guys. In this match, Ultimo Guerrero was far away better than... Than the three technicals and his two partners, which were Forrest and Mascaraño 2000. I still don't understand why Mascaraño 2000 is still um, wrestling so frequently C- on CMLL shows. Um, he's not He's not good. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, he, if you're going to use him as a legend, you probably shouldn't use him all the time on shows. Um, it kind of wears, wears out his, um, his appearances. But, you know, that's CMLL. Um, they have so many shows. Uh, but I didn't think I thought that show was pretty good. Then they had a little a, a run of I think the la- the two weeks that followed the two weeks the shows the following two weeks, they kind of were a little more underwhelming. The seven the the July twentieth show, the highlight match was the semi main event. They had Carístico Dragonly, and Mystico beating Barbara Carvajal Negro Casas and Pental Cero M. Uh, that was actually really good. That was a good match, but other than that, the rest of the card was kind of kind of weak. That was the that was one of the one of the f- shows that was headlined by the by the Gran, the girls Laguneros versus Clan Chaos. And really, I know the every all these other guys want to feud with Clan Chaos, but um, I think <laughs> I think we've had enough of of them. Give us a little break. Uh, unfortunately, I think we're probably gonna get more from them at some point. But you know, it's kind of cool to si see Penta Cero M on on these shows. In CMLL, very different from seeing him in in AAA. Uh, but that that was all right. I skipped I, the 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 July twenty seventh show. I watched the first four matches and I thought they were pretty good. But the last two matches, from everyone I I, I heard was said they said it was bad. I was in ba- they were bad. I was in Vegas, so I was rushed for time, so I just watched those the first four matches. I thought they were all right. I think there was a show might have been the the seven twenty show that had um. Cuatrero versus Mephisto in a match for Lampago it was so bad I mean I don't know what I don't know what happened it was kind of felt like Cuatrero's like this new age tech um, Rudo the the problem with the match is that when the technicals have a match for Lampago a technical versus technical match relampago, they tend to one of them tends to um, be a little more Rudo in the match and when the when the rudos are working the match relampago they both want to be technical or more um more babyface it just or clean you know the match is going to be a little cleaner and i kind of felt that that just really bore, it just became a boring match the fans just hated it the live crowd booed it and everything and it wasn't it wasn't good um, it was really bad um, so the big cml show show of the of the past couple of weeks really was the august third Arena Mexico show This past Friday Negro Casas Celebrating his 40th anniversary And a lot You know There was a lot of Build up to it With um, people asking Negro Casas What match he wanted And everybody was kind. Of, I think everybody Was kind of hoping That he would have Picked something different And um he ended up picking... Um, he actually said a bunch of different things. He said he would have liked to have wrestled Dallas, his wife. He would have liked to have wrestled the, um, some of the undercard guys. He even suggested one of the minis. Um, I would have preferred... There were some of us who said that he should wrestle Microman. Uh, that probably would have been a lot better than what we saw. This show was actually really good. I will say the, 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 the 40th anniversary show was really good. You should go out of your way to watch it. Um, really, the worst match on the card, I would say, was the Legends match. But that's kind of what you would expect it because these guys are a lot older. And Nero Casas is really the one that's really still at a high level. I mean, it's amazing that a guy could be, you know, 58, 57, 58 years old and still be considered one of the best performers, best workers in, in the business. Because, I mean, you could still put him in there with um, Penta Cero M, uh, Ray Phoenix, Volador Jr., Rush, Dragon Lee, you could put him in there with all those guys Caristico, all those guys and he's still capable of hanging with them. Aramis he's wrestled against the, on the independents uh, Sobrano Jr. he's wrestled the, as, as well. I mean he's wrestled all these younger guys and he can still hang with them and uh, I think a lot of, I think, I, I think there was some, I think his expectations was that he could maybe pull something out of some of the guys and he was kind of I think hoping that Blue Panther could get some more out of these guys and it didn't work out that way I'm going to get I'm going to start with the opener because um, I'll get back to this match but I'll start with the opener. The opener for this show was Audaz and Fuego beating Templario and Virus. Really good tag match to start it out. I think it's probably one of the three best opening match opening matches we've had in CMLL. You know, normally we get these really bad openers and I would say from um not just I would I you could pretty much skip all the all the Tuesday and Monday Openers because they're they're usually awful, um, but of all the primarily the Friday shows are where you're gonna find the good openers. I would say it's probably one of the five best openers um, of the of CML this year, and you know that's not probably saying a lot because there's really only been like four or five really good openers this year, if you're counting the big shows and the and I think the the first the first opener I think the best opener of the year was probably the first uh, week uh, where it had the when they cha- when they had Audas changes um his change into Alvas, i can't even remember his old character really um, that tells you how much he's done how well he's done as Alvas. but this was really good um i kind of wish this would be something that was more of a more frequent i also think some of these guys that are lower on the card in cml like the ones that are talented they wouldn't mind working openers if they were allowed to actually do good stuff and like like show that they have talent you know that's just me because you know you hear these guys and the biggest issue they have is that when they're working with the same guys over and over again, or against really bad workers, it gets repetitive and they don't get to show more. They don't get to like be more like, you know, they don't get to enjoy themselves a little more. And I think that's something Sima should really consider um, changing up underneath. But unfortunately I don't think that's going to happen. The second match was Angel de Oro, Niebla Roja and Blue Panther Jr. Beating Mephisto, Efesto and Luciferno. I thought this was okay probably the second worst match of the, of the show. Blue Panther jr. Coming off of his horrible, um, previous performance where he, uh, where he fell, where he slipped off the, he was doing the ramp jump and he slipped off the, he kind of, um, he, he, his foot stepped on the, on the guardrail. And I think he slipped on that portion of the, uh, that part of the, the top part of the guardrail when he was doing the, the dive and he just land he just fell, um, Tiger made fun of him afterwards. But um, in this match, he was probably the worst on the card of uh, uh, in this match. But so were the Hills del Infierno. They were pretty boring in this as well. Uh, the Chavez brothers, Angel Doro and Niebla Roja were were very good. I think they I think they have something. Unfortunately, I, I think CML is probably going to keep them there. I actually think they would be a pretty good tag team to like feud with um, Rush and Terrible. But, you know, CML they'll like, pretty much just book for the the Friday show and it's basically that top match, those top two matches that get booked well and everything else is just random stuff that we see one one week and then it discontinues after a couple of weeks. Sometimes we'll get two weeks worth of um, you know, the build up to a title match one week and then the title match the following week on a Tuesday or on a on a Puebla show. But you don't really get a lot of um interesting feuds. Um just the the one or two week fe- type of deal. But you know, yeah, Chavez brothers looked good. Rest of the guys didn't. Um, The third match was actually pretty good. Caristico, Mystico, and Hijo de LA Park beats the nuevos, the nueva generación dinamita, Sansón, Cuatrero, Forastero. This was good. Um, Hijo de LA Park. I actually think that because he's getting so many more bookings because of his dad working in um, AAA and CMLL, not just booking on independent shows, but getting booked in a variety of matches because he's getting the the cmll um guys plus the AAA guys and the independents i think it's actually he's actually starting to look a little better i don't think he's ever going to be his at the level of his dad but um he's at least looking good as opposed to what he looked like when he first showed up in um in cmll where he just looked completely lost he's kind of every week that i've seen him because i've seen him also in um in triple He's he's kind, I kind of see that he's he he looks a lot better in the ring. Um, he's not as he, you know, he's not the worst guy in the business. You know, there's he he's actually pretty good. The fourth match was the Legends match, oh, the the Narcasa's 40th anniversary show, uh, match. He, I think I think really if I would have if I was Narukasa's I would have asked for like my top three rivals of the past, of the most recent couple of years and maybe had it been. You know, Rush, Bolador Jr. and Blue Panther versus him and you know, you know maybe Barbara Carbonario and um, LA Park or some sort of combination like that. Um, unfortunately, he went with the the legends, and he had, he kind of explained the logic behind it, where he was teaming up with the it was going to be CMLL versus the Independents, and he he was teaming he teamed up with Atlantis and Blue Panther uh, versus Fuerza Guerrera, Octagon and Solar. His thinking was. He's never seen um, Atlantis versus Octagon. He's never seen Forza team up with Octagon, and um, he just thought it would be a, a fun mix. Uh, before the match, they actually had a really cool ceremony, where um, Dallas was part of the, the the, she was part of the dance number with the Diosas at ring, and came out and surprised um, Nero Casas. They danced a little bit. Then they brought out um, his daughters and his grandchildren. I don't know. I know Puma King was there, and I think Tiger was as well, and. I don't know if Psycho Clown was allowed into Arena Mexico. He might have been wrestling at that day, because um, th- those guys are always everybody's booked elsewhere. But Black Warrior Junior was accompanying. Um, he's dating Amikasa Amikasas. so um, that was the that was the family. His little um, grandkids, his two grandsons, had um, they were only wearing um, trunks over their diapers, and it was um, it said cuatro cuarenta. I thought that was kind of pretty cool. Um, And Nero Casas played around with them also. Um, Sofia Alonso was was there to award him a plaque and thank him for um, being a part of CML for so many years. Nero Casas then stayed. Then we had the match. And the match, actually, they decided to make it two out of three falls, which I thought was a horrible idea. Um, They should have just done one fall. They did not look good. And I think think if they're going to go Atlantis versus Fuerza Guerrera, for the anniversary i think a lot of us were thinking that was a possibility i think that may have just gone to the back end of possibilities for the anniversary just because they neither guy looked good um the only guy that looked good was Nero casas because even solar versus blue panther they looked so they solar looked so bad in the in the ring uh, i don't think solar i think solar starting to show a little more of um his age in the ring blue panther i think the, the thing with blue panther was that he's so used to working with the younger guys and uh or you know a, a mix of cml guys where it's the younger guys and then maybe like a Nero casas or somebody like that where he's he's doing a little more in the ring and the older guys wouldn't weren't going to allow him to do that stuff so he kind of like it, it didn't it didn't come across well the crowd was very respectful to to them and you know the the fact that it I think the fact that they were honoring Nero was enough for the fans The highlight of this match Who would have thought The highlight would be Octagon Hitting a Tope Suicida At Blue Panther I mean That may have been like I can't remember the last time Octagon did a Tope Suicida To the outside He might have done it in the past Recently but it's like it's not something that I remember the way he did it in this match, where he pretty much he nearly he nearly got her. I think he might have got hurt too, but that was pretty cool then. Nero Casas pin for uh, but really, this match needed like an ultimo girl or somebody else to counter the the team. It was rough. I think one fall would have been fine, especially because they were going kind of long, and I think the the they could have like at least they probably could have been fine. By doing one fall and probably giving more time for him to celebrate. Um, oh, before earlier in the show, um, they brought out Christopher Daniels. They introduced him to the CML crowd. Uh, Christopher Daniels got to see Arena Mexico packed on Friday night. I think there were over 16,000 fans in attendance. Unfortunately for Christopher Daniels, he was not wrestling on that show. He wrestled on the Sunday show. And I'm pretty sure the Sunday show didn't even have 1,000 people in it. Because uh, from the photos that I've seen from the Sunday show, it did not look like it had my, too many people in the crowd. Gotta, it's gotta be a big letdown for him uh, to be from. He should have asked to work on that show. And maybe he could have worked. Maybe he could have replaced um, um, Fuerza or Atlantis or someone in this or Octog- Octagon in the Nero Casas anniversary match. So the fifth match on the show was um, Volador Jr. beating Matt Taven to regain the NWA World Historic welterweight title we've had a couple what was it about a mo- less than a month maybe like two three weeks of volador jr without a title um he dropped the welterweight title earlier in the year and then he dropped he dropped the trios titles with sky team to the Guerreros laguneros a couple months i think two months ago i think and a uh, couple weeks ago just as i mentioned him and valiente dropped the tag titles to um to terrible and rush he didn't, I don't even think he even has the UIPW title. Why are we not forming a promo, another promotion to give him another title? Uh, but I think that's what our concern was, that he was without a title. How was he going to hold his... The, the good thing is he started wearing those um, suspenders, so we didn't have to worry about him not having a belt to keep his, his um, trunks up. But, um, or his tights, whenever, whatever he's wearing, on, whatever outfit he decides to wear to wrestle. Um, but this match I thought was pretty good. Matt Taven, I thought looked far better in this. match. I actually think Matt Taven's Matt Taven versus Volador Junior is a nice um, matchup, a good. Uh, they they give you a good match. I don't. I think Taven's pretty good. I don't think. I think there's some people who probably like, and I I I could I I could understand that where they'll say he kind of feels like he's very um generic, uh, because you know I think nowadays if a guy isn't doing like a, a crazy dives or very technically sound doing all these crazy moves and stuff or you know is not known for something uh, you know that's special or different i think that people kind of aren't don't kind of just pass by and look at them like as just a generic wrestler i think he's okay um i wouldn't i wouldn't say he's at that i don't think he's i don't think he's um i don't think he's bad i actually think he's good he did a really good post-match interview and i think he, he he did pretty well with that I kind of wonder if maybe down the road his promos I, I thought they were I thought the promo he did afterwards especially doing the, the fact that he's been interviewed by you know the Spanish media and they're using a lot of broken English and it's 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 a little harder for them to to like for for a lot of if you're not around a lot of um Mexicans who speak broken English you might not understand a lot of it at least that's what a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Spanish you know, speaking, people think that if they're speaking broken English, they wouldn't understand. Um, he was able to like still interact with them. Um, I kind of think he might be a guy who down the road might actually be a pretty decent promo. And the match, like I said, the match was good. I think he did. Um, he, he's a good opponent for Volador Jr., especially because he's willing to take some of the the, you know, he understands the type of match that Volador Jr. wants. You know, Volador Jr tends to stick to the similar to the same formula. A lot of guys do that. It's not just Volador Jr. I would say about I would say the majority of wrestlers kind of stick to the same formula. It just depends on who they're wrestling that changes it up a bit. Um, but you know and like I like I my opinion is like if you're using a formula that works for you and you can make it entertaining, you know, that's fine. I mean I don't think every single fan that's in attendance is watching every single one of your matches. They're not watching your Puebla or Tuesday, Guadalajara. Every week, your three or four matches. It's you know most of the fans attending are probably just going in and watching you. That one time they might watch the, if they're fans, they might watch you again the following week or a couple of weeks later. It's not it's not a it's not a a consistent thing. But I thought I thought it was a good match. Really enjoyed it. There were moments where I thought maybe Volador <laughs> Jr. wasn't gonna win, but um, you know, I I, I think I, I think it was kind of funny because they started uh, releasing lineups for the following week with and Matt Taven was um on the technical side, which you know, it's it's CMLL they do this all the time. They'll have like like they still consider Rush a, a, a technical. So when they have the the Ingo they say it's a rele- Relevos Increibles match. So they could have done this with Matt Taven also. But the, the weird thing. I don't think they had that them listed as Relevos Increibles. So I think at that at some point they were going to turn him babyface for the rest of, the tour, of his time in Mexico. As far as this current tour. And sure enough. As soon as Volador Jr. won the title. Who should run in? Roosh. Ran in and attacked Volador Jr. Matt Taven tried to stop him. Roosh attacked Matt Taven. Rouge was gonna give uh Volador Jr. the drop kick of from the drop kick of death in the corner. And Matt Taven made the save. And pretty much they've they've joined up and they're I guess I think they're already booked for the next week to be together. I think they're teaming up with King Phoenix against uh, Ingo Barnobles. I think I think the I think um that's probably gonna be a difficult match just because <laughs> it's gonna have Bestia that ring in it. And he's not very good. But, you know, they've been able to pull off some okay matches out of the, this this current run with um Alley Park, they've pulled off some decent stuff with Bestia in the ring. Um not because of his not because of his um contribution, but more so because of guys figuring out how a way to use him. Yeah, so Taven, you know, Taven now he's gonna be a technico. Um although in the in the post match interview he kind of said um he still he still would be like a, a rematch with the Jr. I think that would be fine down the road, but that's, you know, or they'll probably do it on, on on one of the other shows. I think that would be fine if they did it on one of those other shows. I don't know why they're, they're doing so little on the other shows lately that, you know, although they did give Christopher Daniels a Sunday appearance, which isn't going to, it wasn't going to matter for attendance, uh, unfortunately, and, you know, it just made him look, you know, it's going to, He's going to just work against a smaller crowd. Um, the, the main event on this show, Alley Park teamed up with King Phoenix and Penta Cero M to beat Rush and Mark and Jay Briscoe. The Briscoes, they making their, I think this was their, well, it definitely was their CMLL debut. I think it might've been their first match in Mexico because I know they were, I think they were booked once for a crash show years ago but I don't think they made it. It might have been the crash or one of the other promotions that were booking him, booking them and they just they didn't they 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 might have You know what? I think they were pulled by um CM by um CML when they were still with um when Ring of Honor was told that they couldn't send them to um. It might have been the crash, which is interesting because now I think they could probably use them. Uh but this match the other interesting thing was we had the technical trio of LA Park, King Phoenix and Pental Cero M. Headlining this show, a day after being major, like the major focus of the AAA show with you know Ray Phoenix King as Phoenix being in AAA and Penta and LA Park working the main event and on the AAA show, um, that was very interesting. Um, you know, it's very interesting because this is this is really changing because um, CMLL doesn't normally, you know. Pretty much booked a, a main event that only had one of their own guys on it and, you know, and put over guys who aren't really CMLL guys. So it's really um, a change in course for the promotion. I'm sure there's going to be guys in the promotion that are probably like, you know, we kind of wanted these guys in, but we probably weren't expecting that we wouldn't be part of it. Um, so, but you know, it's one, one week, one Friday. It's not going to be, I'm sure they'll, I think they'll, they'll calm them down, especially like they're doing next week with the, with King Phoenix teaming up with those guys and I think Penta's working the, the semi-main event on that show also so you know they're using them in different matches and they're involved with CML guys but this was a really wild match the Briscoes why I mean I really wish CML would have brought these guys years earlier as soon as they started working this deal with Ring of Honor because um, they actually fit in with um, the style especially this match really fun match you know, you had Rush and Alley Park doing their crazy brawl all over the place, brawled into the crowd, um, used weapons, threw stuff at each other, um, threw each other into the, the chairs. Uh, I could almost imagine CML just panicking. And you could tell they were panicking because they were taking a lot of wide shots, um, zooming out and doing a lot of stuff like focusing on on what was going in the ring, especially if, if the other guys were in there. And the Briscoes focused more feuding with the, the Lucha Brothers um, I thought this was that was a really good. Um, they 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 added to it, really fun match, crazy brawl. I like the fact that at one point they kind of had um, Alley Park and Rush kind of get out of the the ring and let the Lucha Brothers and the Briscos do their thing for a couple of minutes. Then they stepped out of the ring and they brought back what everybody wanted to see was Rush versus Alley Park, and they delivered. Um, really uh, crazy end to it with um, Rush unmasking. Um, he had he had Ali Park pinned a couple of times, but then he told the ref to st- stop the count, and he ended up unmasking him, and earning the DQ. And then he fouled the, I think he filed the referee also. So, so he he went all over and just decided that the match was over. Uh, as as Rush and Ali Parks are setting up their thing, you pretty much just see the Briscoe brothers and Lucha brothers leave the 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 area, uh, and. You know, Rush demanding uh, uh, the mask versus hair match at the anniversary. Ali Park saying he wants it too. It all comes down to um, CMLL deciding if that's what they want. And um, Rush then ups the ante and says that he wants the match to be a no DQ match. And um, so then Ali Park responds and tells him that he also wants the no DQ, a super super libre match. But he vows that this time, what he did to rush the previous singles match that they had, where he just left them laying, he um, Ali Park claimed that he had pity for him, felt bad for him, and he did not want to like destroy him. So he vowed that at the anniversary, if they have this match, he is not going to have any pity for him and he's going to destroy him. And I thought that was a cool way to end the show. Really good show. Highly recommend watching this show. Probably one of the better. It might have been the best show of the year so far. Just because... You know the, the top two matches were good, and then there were a couple of matches underneath the opener, and the I think it was the the third match were really good, and you know the Legends match. I think you would enjoy the ceremony if you didn't watch it. You'd at least enjoy the ceremony, and I think there's there was some you know nostalgia into the the the, the Legends match from seeing Narukasa and and them in there. Although I thought, like I said, it should have just gone one fall. Um, but overall, I thought the show was good, um, really enjoyable, um, highly recommended. Yeah, you know a good a good way to like continue to build up to the anniversary. Unfortunately, we did not get any more front, more uh, confirmation of what the main event is going to be at the anniversary. Alley Park and Rush still want the Mass vs Hair match. I think everybody wants that. That's what all the fans want. There was a period of time where where um, LA Park wasn't appearing on CML's Friday shows, so a lot of people were wondering if and he, since he was appearing on AAA shows. There were a lot of people worried that he might have like that might have been it that we weren't gonna get more Alley Park. So what CMLL did was they made this um video they made this video promoting the anniversary show, and then they had Alley Park vowing that he would be on the anniversary show. He did not say it would be a mass for the Mass versus Hair match, just said he would be on the show. And then over the next couple of weeks, they announced um, Carístico would be on the anniversary show, as would Mystico and Dragon Lee. That was announced on um one of the Informa shows. They haven't announced anyone else. I'm guessing they will announce someone else this week. I think they're just doing that right now because they can't really announce the main event because I do think they want to have LA Park versus Rush, but I think they're worried that since LA Park's going to be in the the Poker the Asses main event for um, AAA, they don't want to like him drop his mask and they pretty much are out of that and it's just a hair versus hair match. I don't think they want to just go to that. They don't want to like build up a mass versus her match and then it doesn't happen. And then there's a lot of people who are worried that it's going to end up being a cage match or it's going to involve clan chaos and, you know, all these other possibilities that they they don't really want. They don't want Atlantis versus Fuerza. Although I think I do think given our choice between a cage match or Atlantis versus Fuerza, I think I would rather have Atlantis versus Fuerza um, just because I think that can be carried by the crowd reaction and because these two guys are pretty much two of the bigger masked matches remaining, the masked remaining in, in Lucha Libre. But there's also the negative that they're not very good in the ring right now. Um, Atlantis has really slowed down since the injury, and um, Fuerza Guerra did not look good in the in that match. <laughs> and you know, when Negro Casas wasn't sure he could get a good match out of you. I would kind of worry about that. I don't think that's gonna be at the top of the of the list. I could see that being a a Dos Leyendas type of main event, you know, where it's not there's less expectations for that. But you know, who knows? So other CMLL news during this time, uh, Puma King left CMLL and became an independent. That wasn't. I don't know if anybody was really surprised by it, because I think I think you could kind of like. There's only so, much, so many years you could remain in CML, especially when you're that talented and work the third, the second or third match on the card and not see any progress and seeing other guys pass, you know, younger guys pass over you, which I think, you know, when a guy like Templario or Dinamitas or, um, you know, certain guys like that, I can understand passing you by. But then when you have like, you know, when they had a chance to, like, Luciferno moving up to be a part of the Hijos del Infierno or, um, you know, Bestia del Ring, who at one point was kind of in that same level at one point, And then when in Gobernables, he got thrown into that group. All of a sudden, he's in the main event mix. Guys like Cranio, you know, certain guys like that, when they're passing you by, you, you if you're like at that age of 28, 30-ish, you kind of have to start thinking that maybe it's time to move on and do something else. It's it's not the end. It doesn't mean you're gonna never be able. You know, I think I think him being a Casas, it it's good, The door is always gonna be open for him to return to CML if he ever decides to do that. But I think I think right now, I think it's better for him to go elsewhere and like, you know, and like what well, we'll talk about in a bit. He that's that's what's gonna happen. Ultimo Ninja was basically he had his final match a couple of weeks ago, and it was pretty much. He basically said he was he, had, he was heading for other projects. But, you know, it's pretty much NXT. No confirmation, no word from Garza Jr. If he's going yet. Um, I think everybody expects him to leave at some point. Um, but, you know, at the moment, still not sure. The other person that's making a, a, a jump... Um, well, I should probably mention it during the 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 AAA, AAA segment in the show, which we'll get to in a bit. This past Friday... Um we also got the news that another longtime AAA wrestler um El, Pi- El Picudo Arturo Hernandez Errada passed away due to complications from di- diabetes at the age of 51. Uh many of you who have been watching AAA for or you know casually may have, may have watched it every so often, uh may have seen Picudo. Um, he started off when the promotion started back in 1992. Um, he was one of the first guys who was with the promotion and um, he was there for a very long time. He's a cousin of um, of Antonio Peña and Marisela Peña Roldán. You know, if you remember early on, he wore a mask. Um, they gave him kind of a punk rocker, British punk rocker type of gimmick. And he had a British mask. You know, the uh, it had a British kind of design to it. And um, he was basically the first big rival for... Um, Hijo del Perro back in 95 and he dropped his mask to Hijo del Perro he then it kind of was part of a like they had him teaming up with like heavy metal and psychosis and all those guys and then when everybody started jumping ship from um, from AAA when um, Conan was with WCW and starting up Promo Azteca and guys were either going to WCW or going with um, Conan to Promo Azteca he kind of was one of the guys who was given a, a, another opportunity as part of a new faction called Los Vatos Locos, with um, with Charlie Manson, Mayflowers, and Enigma, and later on they had other guys like Silver Cat and um, Espiritu. Later joined that group, um, and there were a couple of other guys that joined up, you know. But they weren't really at the at the level the original group. The original group had a a feud with you know they feuded with a lot of different um, technical trios uh, and factions, quartets. But their main feud was really when um, I would guess like late 98 early 1999 they started feuding with um los vipers which was the psychosis the the one that's um that um, had issues with triple a and then the second psychosis basically hysteria um i'm trying to think who else was in the Moscow de la merced and maniaco were in it i know abismo negro was also in the group but he wasn't in this feud because abismo negro was pretty much in the main event group with um cibernético and electroshock and Know, they were doing their thing with other people but the other vipers the, the 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 quartet they were feuding with these guys and they had this really crazy feud um wild um just wild uh i guess if you were if if you were if the best word to describe a vipers versus vatos locos uh match atomicos match it was basically a clusterfuck it looked like a clusterfuck because it just looked so like random and like you couldn't figure out what it was, and um, it just was a wild brawl, and they had these really crazy. Feuds. I think it might have been Verano Scandalo where um, they hung um, Charlie Manson. They basically um, the, the the arena they were in had um, had like um, God, I I don't know what you would call them, but they had kind of like like um, they had a way to like they had something that that was hanging from the rafters, well rafters really or something like that. And so they they threw a rope on it, and then they they, they tied Charlie Mance's um, his his legs to it, and then they just like the vipers just hung them. So they just had him h- hanging from from there. It's a it's one of the wildest brawls. But but like like if you were a fan of this stuff or of AAA and you kind of like, because AAA had some some bad stuff, but there was some bad stuff that was actually kind of like you would enjoy it and then they had some good stuff that was really great that people would always dismiss because they just thought AAA was crap um, but there was some good stuff in AAA. and then there was the, the 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 okay stuff that you know it you had to be a fan or appreciate it to really enjoy it and I thought the Vipers versus Vato Loco stuff I think that kind of fell into that category where you just thought it was cool to watch cuz and the the way Peña created this group they had this cool vibe to it cuz they really did look like you know like a like a you know, it kind of looked like a motley crew of guys, um, the Vatos Locos. And then the Vipers kind of looked like this um, really, like, twisted, um, you know, like, they looked like they were, like, from space or something. And so I thought it was a nice combination. They had this really cool look. And, you know, Picudo was a big part of that. Um, he later on, after he left, he left briefly, um, he left AAA, I think, in 2012. Actually, I think he left in 2009, the first time. And then he came back and was um, part of the, I think it, might, it might've been earlier than that, but he left around that time. And then he came back as part of the Inferno Rockers. He was Devil Rocker. Um, you know, with Machine Rocker being, um, being uh, Taurus now. And then Soul Rocker. <laughs> if you don't know that, it's basically Tito Santana too. And uh, I call him Tito Santana too, because to me, Tito Santana is will always be the WWF guy. And, uh, Although um Triple A called him Tito Santana Junior on uh, one of their recent T V tapings. So, you know, maybe they've maybe they decided to join the the join me in in, in identif- differentiating him from the Tito Santana from WWF. He left and then, you know, they laughed and he, he kept doing the de- um, Inferno Rockers on the Independence. Yeah, you know, he he, he died way too young. Fifty one is way too young to go um, you know, it's unfortunate. Um but um, I know his son's still. I think his son Piccolo Piccolo Junior is. Um, he's on the Independence. Um, I haven't. I don't think I've seen a lot of his work. But um, yeah, you know, it's. This this year has been horrible for um, deaths and wrestling. I think, I think a lot of times I just been writing a lot of. I've been writing more obits this year than I, than I. I think might have been like what, the last cu- the last year or so. Like the last couple of months, within the last year. I've written more obits than I did ever before. I I, I hope they do a little. I, I know CML didn't do anything because I don't. They don't normally do it for guys who they never work for them. But um, hopefully AAA does something to like remember him because he was he was there for a long time and he was like I said it was related to the the Pena family. So getting back to more AAA. AAA has had a couple of good shows within the last couple of weeks. They had a show on the, the weekend that I was in Las, Las Vegas. And um, I think it was the the July 29th show. And I'll talk about that later on. But I didn't watch it because um, it, they started early. And I, I was on my way back from from Las Vegas. I probably should have um, taken um, the Cubs fans' advice and watched it as, I, as we drove along. But I probably would have gotten car sick. And who knows what would have happened. Who? Uh, <laughs> i wasn't driving i, I uh one of my, one of our friends was driving so we only experienced one near-death experience on on our trip back to um los angeles from las vegas um anyway the july 21st show from AAA was a uh, was basically um the world of warcraft presenting AAA versus elite that this was the show where they had um where they uh, were gonna do AAA versus elite, so they're gonna have elite talent versus AAA guys, and they were also um, gonna have the AAA fans would wear red and the elite fans would wear blue. Well, unfortunately, not everybody got the memo, and it was very confusing. Some people wore, some people actually wore red. There were a couple people who wore blue, but it wasn't nearly as. Um, I don't think it was as as. I don't think it was what they were hoping it would be. Especially, I don't know about the World of Warcraft people. Um, this, I actually was watching, I think the, I can't remember. There was something else that I was watching that day, or I actually missed this show. I ended up watching the, the show later on. They actually were streaming it. One of the video games, I think the, the whoever handles the World of Warcraft. I don't know if it was the World of Warcraft people, but it was a, a video game um, Twitch channel that was airing it later on from I think they were from Spain or something because the guys were had these um accents, but they weren't wrestling fans, so you heard them mark out to the weirdest stuff and at the same time they would react to stuff that was like kind of like, you know, they they, they kind of just reacted to it a little bit stranger than you know, but it was it was fun. I thought it was it was okay. I, I didn't mind the announcing for that. Um, but the this show was actually pretty good. Um, the show actually the, the show opened with a women's match. It had Fabi Apache. La Yedra and Vanilla Vargas as Team Triple A. Vanilla Vargas, at this point, I think this might have been her second, her first or second Triple A show. So, I mean, it seemed kind of weird for her to be representing Triple A. And representing Team Elite were Kira, Zeuxis, and Lady Maravilla. I thought this match was pretty good. The finish was really bad. Um, It was bad enough where Zeuxis kept. Posted it in all her social media and made fun of how she wasn't pinned. I think that's um, the observer mentioned that that the AAA wasn't pleased with um, with Zooksies. I think they might have not. It might have not been her performances. Her performance. It might have been her way, her reaction to um, the finish by uh, mentioning how how bad a finish it was. Basically, what happened was um, Fabi was getting a near fall on Zuki's, and Yedra the first time. Uh, this was the first attempt. And Yedra and Vanilla ran ran back in, thinking that that was the finish. Only Zuxis actually kicked out, and so then um, they they actually stepped right back out, uh, realizing how dumb they looked. And then Fabi then tried to pin Zuxis again. Zuki's kicked out again, and then the third time, Fabi got the pin, but Zuxis' shoulders were there were noticeably not on the on the on the apron, so um, on the mat. So it just looked really bad. They still counted the pin, and it just looked really bad. Um, I kind of have a feeling that Fat um, Zooksies wasn't going to go back to AAA anyway. So it's like, I think whatever AAA thought of her, she didn't really care because she probably wasn't planning on going back. This past week, she right after that, they announced that she was going to be in the May Young Classic. So, you know, as you might recall, when Zooksies was on Forma. She made the and she she's done other interviews where she said um, her departure from CMLL wasn't gonna be um, something where it was like forever. She basically was saying that it could be anywhere from three months, six months to a year, uh, maybe longer. Basically, her hint was that you know she was gonna be gone because of the NXT the the May Young Classic, so that basically she wasn't gonna do what Princess Suhayud was, was doing at what she did last year where she was still working. Um, CML I think she might have been off just a couple of weeks and did the did the the May young classic I think Zuxis decided not to do I think she decided to more concentrate on working out and um, working against a variety of opponents on the di- independent scene rather than being in the same trios match over and over again and not really getting booked that much by CMLL so basically she ba- she what was it three months if she ends up going doing the the May young Classic and doesn't you know doesn't impress she's gone for three months if she impresses maybe she sticks around a little longer six months you know maybe she gets noticed but in the u.s or something maybe she starts working more in the u.s you know she ends up she'll she'll stick around you know if she gets a if she gets some interest from wwe maybe she decides sticks sticks it out as an independent waits for the call to go back to wwe because i think you know, usually I think they do the, the those tournaments, and then they like maybe some stick around, others are kind of kept in the you know in the process of you know we'll call you back, and you know I think that's what's gonna happen with um, Zuki's. Who knows? You know, um, but good for her that she's trying to do something more beyond um, just doing the same old trios women women's trios match, and you know, um, honestly, if if it doesn't work out, she could always go back to that, and you know. I think the one difference is at least she gets to work with somebody different Mystiques now there and uh, Maligna. It'd be nice like if if there were like a, at least a different variety of women in the promotion but you know even with those new women there's still the same women in the promotion in CMLL. I think how we say this on every podcast is it always ends up with this stuff. Um, so after that weird finish, uh, Lady Shawnee ran in and attacked Fabi Apache and uh, she used a candlestick and just beat her up. Um, they had this really horrible they had this horrible camera shot of uh, Hijo de Tirantes blading Lady Shawnee. and it looked so bad. The second match was Los Traumas versus La Mascara and Maximo. Los Traumas beat, Los Ma- uh, beat La Mascara and Maximo. Match was a uh, you know a pretty boring match about what you expect from Mascara and Maximo. Traumas did what the best they could. They basically did their moves and stuff like that, but it wasn't really that interesting. Mascara got upset, at Maximo left the ring. Mamba came out to, like, console him. Then Brian Cage and Killer Cross ran out and destroyed everyone. Conan, Jack Evans, and Teddy Hart all came out to taunt the fans. Vampiro then came out <laughs> wearing a neck brace. Trashed Conan. And then Mad attacked Vampiro. <laughs> Remember, he's wearing a neck brace at this point. OGTs made the save. Suddenly, Vampiro's okay. He's not wearing a neck brace. Suddenly, this this attack by Mad somehow miraculously uh, cured cured Vampiro. And he was okay. And he somehow came up with the idea of him being the... He somehow is the biggest OGT. Um, OGT, for those who don't know, is basically Ojete, which is asshole. So Vampiro said he was the biggest asshole. And suggested that he team up with the Ojetes, the OGTs. They form they they work together and somehow there there's a possibility that they might end up feuding with Mad. Um, they are feuding with Matt and you know, there is a slight chance that we might get that at um at Triple Mania, some sort of match and Vampiro will be part of it. Hopefully he isn't. But yeah, we're, we're gonna get that. And I thought that match was that whole segment, you know. I thought the segment was okay with the with um them building that stuff up, but you know, I'm not a really a big fan of Vampiro. I don't wanna see Conan Russell either. I mean, he's had his moment. Um, I love how Verno right afterwards said that um, Conan had his moment 50 years ago, which uh, he should be, he said he should be doing more stuff backstage. Stop stop worrying about getting back into the ring. So basically we had that. After that, the third match was Hijo de Alley Park and Taras representing Team Elite, beating Team AAA, which was represented by Aerostar and Arjenis. Aerostar was great. Taras was really good. Um, they had a couple of moments where um, they slipped off ropes and messed up dives. Them too, and, you know, even in Ijo de Alley Park and Arjani's, you know, it, it, it was kind of a sloppy match, but it wasn't that bad. Parka Negra ran out and attacked Ijo de Alley Park. And that was followed by Car- Killer Cross and Cage once again attacking everyone. Um, I actually, I think everybody thought at that point that Cage was going to be, Cage or Cross were going to be in the main event as the surprise for Elite. But they were attacking an elite guy, so maybe that that was also something that wasn't the plan. Um, that should have given us a hint that that they weren't going to be the ones that were going to be in the in the main event. But you know, at that point, I think everybody thought Cage was going to be in the main event, um, having been the one guy that Elite couldn't book. If you all remember when Elite was doing the whole when they were dealing with CMLL, they they weren't able to book Cage. The fourth match was Jack Evans and Teddy Hart representing team uh, representing Elite. Beating Joe leader and Pagano team Triple A. this match was um, was a ma- a total mess uh, the guys who were uh, the guys who were the video game guys that when they were showing the the because re- they had it as a replay on, on their um, YouTube channel on their twitch channel and um, they really liked this match they really enjoyed Pagano Joe leader and the craziness of using tables and all that stuff that they were doing uh, this had a really horrible spot where um Pagano was, um, uh, I think Teddy Hart was going to attempt a Canadian destroyer on Pagano on the, on the outside of the ring apron and Joe leader drop kicked them. And somehow they ended up like just doing it incorrectly. And Pagano landed head first on, on to the, to the floor. And it looked really bad. Um, he said he was okay afterwards, but, um, it looked like it could have been a, a, similar injury to like, um, Hiromu Takahashi. And, um, uh, When he took that spot, it looked really bad. The match itself, um, Jack Evans rustled. His new thing is he has he rustles with a cigarette in his mouth. Um, I thought that was pretty amusing. Um, Teddy Hart, being Teddy Hart, yeah, you know, it was a okay match. You know, I didn't really. I thought it was better than you know. I actually thought it was better than I was expecting because this was one of the matches I was gonna skip. I was gonna skip, but those guys were so amusing on when they were just like, who are these guys? Like just really like. They were just in shock of what the guys were doing in the ring. So I thought, you know, it wasn't as bad. Um, the The follow-up match... The match that followed that was... Um, the fifth match was Ray, Scorpion, and Tejano Jr. Representing Team AAA. Beating Team Elite of Golden Magic and Loretto Kid. This match... Was a bit of a mess. Because it was actually pretty good. It was, it was actually pretty good. Going well. And then somehow they decided... Middle of the match... They had Cage and Cross run in and attack everyone. Really attack um, Golden Magic and Leroto Kid. It was just a mess. This was... And, you know, it was bad because they were actually having a pretty good match. Probably would have been the best match on the card. Um, La LaParka ran in with a group of AAA guys. You know, and it was like the most random group of guys that you could find from AAA. And all these, like... All these... Like the th- these uh, guys who nobody cares about run out. and you know Cage and Cross are supposed to be scared of them. And who attacks Cage and Cross? Murder and monster clown. The, actually no, it was actually Dave the clown and 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 one and I think it might have might have been I don't remember what what other clown it was, but they attacked them, and they were supposed to sell for them. Black Taurus, Taurus then makes the save for for cage and, and killer Cross after he was attacked, made no sense. So this happens. the ref doesn't DQ anyone. And the match continues, and uh, what ends up happening was um, Tejano Junior pinned Golden Magic, and you know they end up being awarded the World of Warcraft Championship, just one belt for both guys. Really weird. I didn't understand it. That part of it I didn't understand because I don't I don't really follow World of Warcraft. I didn't even know they're gonna give them belt a belt. I'm sure they mentioned it earlier, but like I said, I was watching this through the, the on replay. And um, yeah, so, you know, they messed up this match. I thought it was a really good match at, at certain points, but, you know, the way they did that where they had to run in and it just ruined it. Um, so we get to the main event, the sixth match on the show, and um, it ends up being Team Elite, LA Park, Electroshock, and the Luchador Sorpresa, Puma King. Puma King gets to work a main event match the first time in, outside of CMLL. And I think that's I think that's something that he also I think a guy at his level had to realize when you're good when you're talented you have to go work elsewhere for that for for you like even for AAA guys because even like like a guy like Ray Phoenix and Penta M. when they were in AAA they weren't really the main event guys I think Penta might have... like his one main event was gonna be a, the 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 show he left <laughs> like the, the 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 show the 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 final show he worked before he left to join the Crash or becoming an independent and so like i think that's the same thing with puma king i think he had to realize that you know in cml's programming department's eyes he was always going to be that second or third match guy by him going to triple a and becoming working a main event and now maybe getting in, independent work then he changed he raises his um, profile for um should he ever decide to go to um not just return to cml but maybe like be part of the the independent guys who show up in um, and see, so maybe he ends up working with Volador Jr. on an independent show. Who knows? But yeah, he was a surprise on this show. They end up beating Dr. Wagner Jr., del Fantasma, and Psycho Clown, who were representing AAA. It was a crazy brawl, What you expect from LA Park. Psycho Clown played the role of um, of Rouge to LA Park in AAA because he was brawling. They were just throwing each other all over the place, brawling in the crowd. Puma King got to work with Ray Wagner, which I thought was kind of cool. Hijo del Fantasma had to had, to, had drew the, the short straw and had to work with uh, Electroshock a lot. Um, Electroshock really didn't do much. Hijo del Fantasma didn't either. I thought Puma did pretty well in the match. I think the one thing is that I think I think where Puma King's probably gonna excel. He's a better fit as a main event guy, like in, in, in CML because he gets to work with like the tech type of technicals that he can actually like he could have a good match with. I think in AAA it's gonna be weird because if he's if he's in higher card matches, he's gonna work with guys who kind of they kind of don't fit what is, what he what his what he does well. I think where Puma King's gonna excel is on the in in the U.S. independents, you know, in singles matches. I think that's really where he's gonna to have to like show he's gonna to get to show more. I think he would have done more if he if like Tiger jumped with him, they would have been a great tag team, you know, on the independents in Mexico. But you know, I think. I think it's he's better off doing this as a singles wrestler, but I thought this was a pretty good brawl. You know, the Phantasma ended up turning on his on his team. He ended up attacking Psycho Clown and Feldham and you know, Alley Park. I think Alley Park was the one that got the pin on Psycho Clown. Um, overall, I thought this was a really good main event. Actually, probably one of the better AAA shows of the year, just because it didn't have that great match that were like. There were a couple of other shows that had really great openers, but then the rest of the show just slowly started to like tail, you know, slow down and it wasn't as good. This was probably one of the better shows just because it had, the main event was really strong and it finished off strong. Yeah. So this was, this was a fun show. Um, If you want to watch it, it's available on their Twitch channel. I think it's probably already going to be starting to be put at some point. It's going to start getting posted on their, um, on their YouTube channel. So you could always watch it there. The only difference is it might be edited down. There might be some stuff that doesn't end up on the show. Um, But, you know, overall, I thought it was a good show. The show I missed on the 29th, the only thing I watched was the the trios match that had Podel del Norte versus Aramis, El Bandido, and Flamita. Podel del Norte won the match. I thought it was a pretty good match. I think they did more with um, Podel del Norte. Like, they're trying to make them come across as a dominant trio. And I think that it kind of worked that way. I don't think the technicals got to show that much that they're accustomed to showing. It kind of felt more like they were there. They they did a couple of cool dives, but really it was more about Podela Norte showing their dominance and uh, continuing the streak of winning matches. But overall, I thought that was a good match. I don't think I messed much because from what I read from other people or from what other people told me, that the show wasn't that great compared to the previous show. And the show that followed... Um, the August 2nd show from um, El Palenque de la Feria de San Marcos in Aguascalientes. I thought this was a really good show. It aired on a Thursday. I thought this was fun. Actually, I think I think this was, you know, they've... Triple A, you know, normally I skip these Triple A shows. Lately, they've actually made me kind of like want to watch them. They, they, they've kind of grabbed me with the opening matches. The first two matches, they always kind of come up with something that's really good. But, um... Yeah, like I said, this this show on on Thursday was really good. So the first match on the show was Arcangel Divino, Black Destiny, Genio del Aire beating Black Danger, Mirage, and Ultimo Maldito. Um, I thought this match was pretty good. Um, not as good as their debut match from earlier in the year. Um, back when we called them the Crash Guys, we still call them the Crash Guys because that's pretty much what they're um, they're they're still. You know, the, the, the Crash Undercard guys, that's where they made their name. And they're still being kept together for the most part. Although I think they ha- I think Triple AC sees more in Arcangel Divino than the other guys. This match actually had a really cool start with Henio De Laire doing something really crazy to start the match. I think it was a dive and, you know, from that point forward it was pretty crazy. Arcangel Divino had some good moments, but then he also was sloppy at times. Uh, but overall I thought it was a good match. Very enjoyable. Um, they actually let this go through, com- like they actually let it have a conclusion, which was also positive for it. Um, I think this tr- this show it didn't ha- this show didn't have as many- didn't have any turn any run-ins, like the AAA versus Elite show. That one was a little too much with Killer Cross and Cage. After this match, Phoenix made a surprise appearance, and he was immediately confronted by Conan, Huvy, and Taurus. Um, Conan wanted to know. If Phoenix was with them or against them, because they were they've been friends for a long time, and um, he offered him a Mad T-shirt. Phoenix t- accepted it, put it on, and then attacked Huvy and Taurus. and um, he basically turned down being a part of Mad. Very reminiscent to the Diamond Dallas Page segment against the N.W.O. when um, they offered him a. An NWO t-shirt, he put it on and then he turned on them. Very similar. So, you know, that's kind of what you're going to expect from um, Conan's booking where he's just, he's going to use stuff that has worked in the past. Now it's being done in Mexico in front of a different audience. New generation of fans really also. Vampiro then came out and he announced, he made a few changes to the show. He announced that Drago had been, was still recovering from his shoulder injury So he changed that match into a tag match, which was Aerostar and Vanilla Vargas against Chica Tormenta and Parca Parca Negra. Then he decided to move from that match, he moved Flamita and Bandito into a three-way match with Phoenix with with the winner of the match getting to decide their Triple Mania match. And Flamita and Bandito did not get to say what their match would be. But Phoenix in this segment mentioned that if he won the match, he wanted a match with Jeff Jarrett for the AAA World Mega Heavyweight Title. Um, I kind of think that kind of they probably should have kept that to the after he won the match. I think that's where they messed up, where they they and he announced it, so it kind of became predictable because there was no way whatever Flamita or Bandito said, even if it was a better match, it wasn't going to compare to Ray Phoenix um, demanding a title match against the top heel in the promotion at the moment. Um, one of the top heels in the promotion, you know, and they probably could have picked better stuff, but you know, that's that's the way it worked, and you know, that was something that changed, and really, I think that, I think that kind of changed the way the crowd reacted to the show because they kind of got quiet from that point forward, and they were very excited for the angle, but the show itself, the matches themselves, they didn't get a good crowd reaction. The Aguascalientes crowd was very dead. The third match was Poder del Norte, Carta Brava Jr., Mocho Cota Jr., and Tito Santana. Triple A called him Tito, Tito Santana Jr. in the Titan Tron, or whatever they call it, <laughs> the, the big Tron, the big t- the big screen. Um, they beat Angelical, Astrolux, and Hijo del Vikingo. Um, this was pretty good, but the technicals didn't really get to do as much. It was more of a beatdown from the again another match where Poder del Norte showed that they were the dominant trio I think if they did a good great job of building them up at the you know while the technicals didn't really get to show as much um, will be interesting to see who they get later on that becomes their main rivals um, but this was a pretty fun match um, overall you know it, it 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 advanced whatever you want to do with Poder del Norte which is make them a dominant a dominant trio and t- one of these groups of technicals is going to get a shot at the belts at some at triple i'm guessing at triple mania um but they were really this was an okay match um the fourth the fourth match was aerostar and vanilla vargas beating chica tormenta and parca negra this was actually um this was actually pretty good um aerostar just did a couple of amazing spots in the match um some stuff that just wowed were just amazing um parca negra really good base this guy's pretty good i mean i i think i think that's what that's what i noticed in this match that he's actually really good far better than the i think Zora was the one that played the role at one point and he just wasn't at that level Uh, vanilla vargas uh, she's got a nice she's got a good body good physique and good look so i kind of think she's going to be the 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 girl that Triple A is going to get more behind. They're probably going to push her a little more. I thought Chica Tormenta was far, uh, a little better a little better in the ring. Um, but Vanilla was still very good. I was still good. I don't think she's I think if you put her like she's she, she kind of physically she kind of reminded me of Reina Isis. but she's like 10 times better than Reina, Reina Isis in the ring. Um but she still kind of had she still had some moments where she was a little sloppy, but it, you know still overall is a good match. The guys were able to hand were able to carry the the bulk of the match and you know the women were actually pretty good as well. Um, the fifth match had Hijo de LA Park teaming up with Monster Clown and Murder Clown to beat Arjenis, Maximal and La Mascara. Maximal and La Mascara continue to have issues. Um, La Mascara has already said that he plans on forming his own version of the Nobles in AAA and he's going to call him the Ingober AAA which sounds like a which is an absolutely horrible name. Totally, um, and you know, of all the Ingobernables, La Mascara is probably the worst one out of all of them because he just doesn't have, he doesn't have charisma. And, uh, but he did have, he, he was asked in, in an interview what guys he thought about um, possibly adding to the group. And he mentioned, you know, possibilities, Hijo Fantasma, Rey Scorpion, who in CMLL he had issues the, when, they, when they put him into, when they put Rey Scorpion in Ingobernables. The whole angle was that he and La Mascara didn't get along uh, and now apparently he's he's okay for for him to be in the group, and uh, Tejano Jr. was also mentioned. I think there was like someone else too that was also mentioned. I think there was three or four guys who were mentioned, but um, Pagano was the other one that they mentioned, uh, which would be Pagano would easily be, actually Pagano would probably be like the second worst because Bestia of the ring is still I still think he's worse than Pagano than, and you know that's that's really although Pagano's Pagano might actually be worse than Bestia. It's a deb- it's debate. It's a debate we could have at some point. But anyway, during the match... Like I said, La Mascara and Maximo had issues. Murder Clown ends up turning on his partners. And he somehow got the win for his team. But he ended up siding with Maximo and uh, Mamba who came out... To just um, defend Maximo from La Mascara. Um, so apparently... Murder Clown is going to be a, a, bait, a technical. Monster is going to be a heel. I'm guessing... I don't know if they're going to feud them or they're just going to have um them do different things. I I think I think Murder at 1 point had something going on with um with someone else that I don't I, I actually don't remember that cuz you know it's AAA and you know whatever happened like before Conan returned is probably like already forgotten. So who knows? Um, the 6th match was the three-way match between Fl- Flamita, Bandido and Phoenix Phoenix ended up winning Really good match The crowd was dead for it But really good I really enjoyed it um, If this was If this match happened In front of a A livelier crowd It probably would have been One of the match of the year candidates But unfortunately it happened here And it kind of That kind of killed it It kind of ruined it a little bit But I thought it was a good match I really enjoyed it Phoenix getting a shot I think it kind I think Phoenix announcing That he got that shot Kind of made it a little Too predictable as to as far as what was gonna happen because like i said the other two guys i mean i know bandito said he would have liked his dream would be to team up with Rey mysterio um which is gonna do i think he's doing that in all in so it's like he couldn't top that anyway so and flamita i don't know what he would have asked for um but i thought overall it was a really good match Very, very you know it's amazing what we're getting right now from from Triple A and CMLL. The possibilities of matches we could get. The only difference is like with Triple A, we're getting really good undercard matches, and in CMLL, we're kind of getting that one opening match that is horrible, so we just skip it. Um, other than the the good shows, like the when Tiplar and Adas or those guys are in the opener, um, usually we're getting like Leono or um, Nitro or you know Apocalypse and. You know, the Star Jr. Jun- Star being for- being forced to team with Oro Jr. versus, like, Kent Cerbero and Metallica or something. You know, we're not getting the good matches. But, you know, it's fun that we're actually getting all these different matchups. Thanks to Phoenix, Penta, and LA Park getting to work anywhere, we're getting these type of matches. And I thought that was kind of cool to see him see this match on a A show. You would have probably seen this on the crash. This could have been a match. I'm pretty sure might have happened in the crash, only... We might have just had to be forced to watch it behind, like, you know, in a handheld of sorts. So, you know, it's good to get it on uh, in AAA. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, maybe CMLL might actually do that match. You know, Flamita and Bandito are independent. So you you never know. The seventh match was the OGTs, Averno, Chessman, and Superfly beating Juventud, Guerrera, Killer Cross, and Taurus via DQ. Um, Cross attacked the referee, Pierrot to get the DQ and um, from um, they had a uh, referee, Copetes did a, um, had to run in to um, basically call the match and gave, gave the DQ. Then he got attacked and then Mad just destroyed everyone. Um, Averno got stretchered out. Averno's basically, I could totally see Averno being the, the, the that, um you know, the, the undersized technical, you know, fired up technical trying to get revenge on, on mad i think he plays the role he would play the role well you know he's a guy who i think i think triple A's really done a really good job with him this year letting him cut more promos letting him do a little more the poder North norte feud really brought brought the best out of him and you know i think he's going to do a lot with these guys because i think he's he fits that role you know the undersized guy working against these big you know you know or these the evil heels and you know I think he's going to I think it's going to be a fun feud um you know we're going to get some stuff that isn't going to be that fun but you know it's it's something different it's going to be something that's enjoyable the main event was LA Park teaming up with Pentagon Jr to beat Psycho Clown and Pagano I thought this was another good brawl LA Park didn't want to team with um, Pentagon Jr and he you know it's funny he didn't want to team with him 24 hours later he had to team with him In CMLL so he was obviously okay with that and he actually didn't attack him but here in uh, AAA he did attack Pentagon Jr. and Psycho Clown but then uh, Pentagon Jr. was able to pin Psycho Clown when he pulled off the mask. Um, This was actually a pretty good brawl also. Um, You know it's really strange to watch AAA and CMLL right now because with the three guys that I mentioned you know Phoenix, Pentagon, Junior and LA Park being in both promotions, you're kind of like they're each booking them a little differently and in, in different situations. So, oh, the other thing was like in this in, in Aguascalientes, LA Park was the like Psycho Clown was booed heavily. He was the one that was definitely not well liked there, and they were actually cheering more for LA Park and anyone but Psycho Clown. Um, I thought that was interesting, but like I was saying with the with these guys working on AAA and CML, it kind of reminds me of the like the '80s, the '70s, the '80s, the old territorial days when you would get guys working as a as a face in one promotion, then a heel in the other promo in another territory. So it kind of feels that way right here. And you know, someone is, I know people were trying to figure out the last time this might have happened, or to compare this, really to compare what's going on in CML and AAA. Because these two promotions do not like each other. They well, you know, AAA is kind of a little more lax, and they kind of want to act. They actually want to work with. They want to use talent from CML for their shows because they kind of. I think they kind of see the potential of a CML versus AAA feud. They actually see the potential, whereas CML doesn't really want to like. They CML would rather have these low attendance shows than actually have to work with AAA, but they're kind of starting to see that the independents are actually a good way to like draw more crowds but you know really what la park and phoenix and um and penta el cero m are doing it's it's kind of reminiscent to what like could you imagine like if three guys became independent wrestlers during the wcw ww monday night wars like imagine if hall nash and i i let's and hogan let's say hogan became an, an independent those three guys were allowed to work you know, one, one Monday they could work on Nitro and the following Monday they could work on Raw or some variation of those type of guys, Bret Hart or Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, anybody. Um, you ne- we never saw that, you know. We knew more or less when a guy left, he was going to be in that promotion. It took a while, you know, like when, when Hall first showed up, there was still a little bit of guessing from fans. But once you've kind of figured it out that they were there full-time, they were there full-time. But um, that's kind of like, like what it would be like, like the re- reaction and unfortunately, like, a lot of the media in the outside of Mexico isn't really, like, following it. They don't really get that, how big a deal this is. Um, and they're all headlining both shows. I mean, that's the other crazy thing. I mean, you're not really seeing the... They're the ones that are getting the stronger reaction than the, the, the home town, you know, the home team favorites, you know, the Technicos or the, the Rudos, you know they're the ones that are getting the reactions you know psycho clown isn't the most popular guy you know he's the one that's getting booed instead of la park or or pentagon jr or you know and in cmll it's it's la park that's getting the the cheers and not Roosh. Roosh is getting the boos so that's kind of the other interesting thing in this whole thing you know it's a good time to be a, a lucha fan because we're getting these you know and not to mention the crash um the crash is now working again with um with CMLL so they're actually getting CML talent and somehow this past um Friday they were able to get um you know the NWW NXT progress tree guy the Euro guys um the European guys they had Pete Dunn and um uh, Tyler Bate Trent Seven um they had a couple of other independent guys in there and they had CMLL guys um Terrible, Dragon Lee you know Soberano Jr, Stuka, they announced um Titan they announced Volador Jr and um Churistico for the next show. Um Sansona and Cuatrero, Hechicero. So they this is kind of a cool thing. I'm guessing at some point we're gonna get Ray Horace in CMLL. Um, Daga at some point possibly. The only thing is I don't think I don't think CML views Daga at that level. I think Ray Horus might actually just cause he has a mask might actually get a better shot at that. Um, who knows about Bestia and and Mr. 450? Um, Messias. You know there's a lot of there's some guys in there's some crash guys that could possibly end up in going to CML. But right now, I think they're focusing on Phoenix and Penta and LA Park as the three guys. And, you know, Iho, de LA Park and uh, Clan Chaos kind of being the the, the lower end guys. Um, but, you know, there's so much that's going on right now in the independents in, in, in Lucha. And, you know, we're getting to see like uh, all these guys also showing up in, in, in the United States. Uh, it's amazing to watch. Wrestling right now. and You see Penta, El Cero M, and Ray Phoenix. Not only are they on CML shows, but they're in AAA shows. They're on the Crash shows. They're on other Mexican independent shows. But they're also on Impact, Lucha Underground, MLW, uh, PWG, you know, all these other, and all these other independent promotions in the United States. I mean, just the, just the crazy time. You know, the other thing that's going to be interesting is if, if, if New Japan is going to ask um, CML if they could use these guys, um, I'm talking about Penta and, and Ray Phoenix, if they'll ask for them, um, that's going to be where we're going to start really starting to wonder what's going on. Um, and, you know, there was also the Penta Zero M. Um, there were some rumors about WWE being interested in him and, and Ray Phoenix. And, you know, who knows? That could happen at some point. You know, Penta's been having to answer that question. He answered it on Informa, which was really weird because, you know, JCR was the one that brought it up. Um, He didn't bring up WWE by name, but he brought up about possibly, like, going to a a North American promotion full-time. And Penta said that right now his intentions were to continue to work as an independent because he's really really enjoying the opportunity to work in CMLL, you know, AAA. And he didn't mention AAA, but he's, you know, you know he entered two other promotions in Mexico, and working in the U- independence in the United States. Uh, plus, I don't think he can. I don't think either one of them can because they have the Lucha Underground contracts. So you know, overall, that's been a that's what's been going on in Mexico. A lot of enjoyable stuff. Um, I think coming up, we're pretty much gearing up for Triple Mania and the anniversary show. I think for the next podcast, I kind of want to watch the Crash matches. Maybe talk about that. There's a couple of um. CML shows that ha- matches that happened during the those shows that <laughs> that everybody already knows are kind of like the skippable shows But they had some good matches that I want to get caught up with so I'll probably talk about that stuff on the next podcast Hopefully we'll have more um, More on triple mania and, and the anniversary. We're already getting some other matches. We're definitely getting some more um, in uh, Appearances from everyone involved in these shows in CML and AAA. You know, should be fun. I have a feeling we're probably gonna get at least a couple of I would think we're gonna get some announcements for um for the anniversary, at least the the guys that will be, be appearing. I don't know if they're gonna be announcing the matches because that's too early. And with Triple Mania, I think they're they're they've already announced they announced the poker theasses. They announced the mass match, the mass versus her match between Lady Shawnee and Fabi. Um, the Ray Phoenix versus Jeff Jarrett match is apparently the third match that they've announced. There was supposed to be an Alberto Patron match in Triple Mania, but that's pretty much been like forgotten. <laughs> so, uh, but I think that's possible. That's likely. You know, it could happen. But I'm guessing there's at least going to be um, at least one more match announced before the before that show happens. I would assume, and I would guess, I would guess there's going to be some, uh, at least a few more surprises, and you know there's a lot that's going to happen during the upcoming weeks. Um, so yeah, that's about it for this week. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Again, you can follow us on LuchaWorld.com. Uh, all my social media is on there. I, I do have two Twitter accounts. If you want a lot of tweets, you follow my uh, my own personal account at the Real Fredo. Um, I recap Informa I actually live tweet it I don't know Actually I don't live tweet it I have 15 minutes late Live tweet it Because I need that break Just so I could skip the k- ticket giveaways And if you just want the Lucha reports And any updates from You know Just regular updates You could follow the Twitter The at Lucha World Twitter account I'm also on Facebook You know the, the Facebook page Lucha World Instagram I don't really I haven't done anything on Instagram um I don't really use it because that's mostly about pictures and I haven't posted any pictures I'll probably post some pictures when I go to shows I think I think there should be I think Superboy's birthday bash is coming up and although he said Sansone wasn't going to be on the show so I'll I'll wait I'll wait till he announces who the replacement will be before I decide if I'm going to that show um there's going to be a couple of other shows I know um Puma's going to work the September seventh here, and also in, in PWG. I think the September seventh PCW Ultra Show has Puma King, Penta Zero M, and Daga, and I think someone else is on that show. That looks pretty good. Um, there's a lot of interesting shows going on. So, what else is going on? Well, I you could also check out the the Patreon Patreon.com slash Lucha World. I didn't up I didn't do an update in July, but I do already have. I've already been working on stuff for August. There will be a magazine write up. I think next week it will be posted because it's a it's one of the El Halcon po- uh, magazines. The way the lucha magazines work, the boxy lucha magazine is probably the easiest one for me to like um, translate because half of it is boxing and the other half is lucha, so it's not as big. The early ones, because I think now they do do mostly just I think they still do box, but it's it. it half of it it being half it's easier for me to do it doesn't take that that long but i kind of want to like i don't want to just go in order because then people are going to be like bored there i don't think there's that many people are interested in 1960s lucha there might be some but there i think it's it's more about giving them variety giving people variety and right now i i think i did a couple of 80s ones and this one is going to be from 1986 i think it actually starts with um there's there's a it covers. Um, it actually gives you like a bio. I think it gives you a bio on El Solitario because it actually is talk. It's explaining how he got his name. So that's something I'm really excited to read to to write about to translate. And then it also has a couple of other things on Los brazos, um, Triángulo de la Muerte. So that's the next one. I think the next Lucha Clásica might be a, a Rayo de Jalisco. Um, just a, uh, just a, thoughts on just a. a talking about his career pretty much what i wrote about on on his obit it'll probably be something like that a little bit more expanded um and i think there's probably going to be i'll probably write i'll probably say a little bit more just do a little bit more i kind of want to do a a show on something i'm i'm posting some youtube videos and if you notice i'm almost getting to the point where i i'm getting to the the anniversary from 1990 i think i'll probably i think that might be added to the to the rio show since i think that kind of would be a cool thing to do so i think that's probably the plan for the next lucha classica um so that's what you have to look forward to on the patreon other than that i think that's about it again i want to thank everybody for listening and we should be back soon hopefully kurt will be back also for the i might actually get kurt to do the the lucha classica show um he's definitely not been watching a lot of current lucha so um who knows? I think he'll probably be on the next one also because if we go to a live show, we'll probably just recap that as well. Because um, I think that's I think people like to hear about road trips and stuff like that. Because not only not only is the 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 show interesting, but you also get to meet a lot of you get to meet you get to see a lot of people, and um, you get to tell stories about some of the people you meet at these shows, some of the stuff that happens at these shows. So yeah, that's that should be the next. That's what's coming up. Again, thank you again and. We'll talk to you guys again real soon.